Welcome to World Brew Workshop. I'm Nathan. I'm Nick. I'm also Nick. And the goal of this podcast is we are going to brew up some small sip-sized pieces of fantasy world building that we hope is entertaining, and maybe you'd like it enough to include in your own tabletop RPG or fantasy world building setting. I don't know. We're, we're hoping it's vague enough that you guys can pick it up after hearing this and plop it into whatever fun fantasy thing you're building. And today we are going to be uh, coming up with a unique, interesting wilderness tavern, a tavern maybe in between two places where people actually want to be. And um, we've, the three of us, we've spent about 48 hours thinking up of some kind of interesting premise. And we're all going to hopefully just train wreck them together and come up with something interesting from it. So when I say fantasy world or fantasy wilderness tavern, like, what are you guys thinking of? Like, what's the first thing that pops up in your head? Oh, boy. Uh, hey, well, well, yeah, why, why, why don't you go ahead, Nick? All right. So the idea that I was kind of thinking is, you know, as you're going between two towns, that this is going to be like a stop in the road. So maybe like eight hours out from one town, eight hours out from the other, like perfect place for like you to stop for the night get a room, have a rest where you don't have to have a campsite. Yeah, that, that's where I'm thinking too. Like, this place doesn't really have a point outside of just a place to stop for travelers between two other points of interest. But that doesn't mean we can't make it interesting along the way. Yeah, that, that's our hope. That's what I'm thinking. And when I'm thinking like Wilderness Tavern or like where this town may be, I'm thinking the only things around this tavern are there's probably like the tavern itself, maybe like a couple houses for people who working in the tavern and I don't know, like a grocer or something like that. Maybe not even that, assuming that they're getting supplies from one of these other towns. So like I'm thinking this is really the only thing around in between these two points. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would concur. I would think that uh whatever we're looking for, it's either gonna be in like at the, the the edge of a wood or on a, a well-traveled high road or something, but it's definitely going to be maybe not off the beating path, but maybe it's like on a, you know, a long stretch of road that just kind of curves through a forest or it doesn't even have to be a forest. Maybe it's going through like a hillside or whatever, but um, I think it should be like, maybe not a town necessarily, but like a place where there's some kind of like trade happening, whether it be like there's like a mining community or maybe there's like a, a group of people that specialize in foresting, you know, usually like a tavern would be somewhere uh, where there's something else happening nearby. Something that would cause traffic, you know, to want to come through there for some reason. Yeah. it. I just imagine like when I go driving, visiting people around and you drive through these little podunk areas where there's a gas station, a bar, maybe like, a grocery store, like party store on the corner and just enough houses for people. Then maybe there's some natural, natural foraging or um, yeah, like an old lumber town, that kind of thing. But 
the the idea of this just being like a stopping point i think is like the key to what makes this a wilderness tavern in like in someplace a stable for travelers to put up their horses and give them a rest but yeah so, so i got a question yeah so when we think about a tavern we're thinking about a place where you can get a bite to eat you can sleep where you can possibly stable your horse and where you could possibly maybe just hold up for a few days at a time. Maybe just uh, you're a wayward traveler, you're uh, way late, or you end up just needing to um, take a pause on whatever the, the rest of your your adventure is or whatever, or whatever your business will be. Right? Do all those things make sense? Yeah. Those points are what I think of when I think tavern, yeah. I mean, this is also the spot where, like, any adventuring party also kind of just, like, lets loose. So if you got a party kind of in the middle of, like, a campaign, they're going to take this as an opportunity to, like, let loose and have that, like, you know, those you're going to have those fun moments. But if this is, you know, your location that you're going to be putting in earlier in the campaign, this is where you could put one of your first quest lines. How many tavern starts have there been? Oh yeah, <laughs> never enough. Never enough. Opinion. Maybe too many. I don't know. All right. So we, as I mentioned a little earlier, we brought up this topic, and we we thought about it for about about twenty four or forty eight hours, maybe a little longer than that, and we decided to try. We'll each we each thought up our own interesting take on it and i think we should all just go through say our give our little elevator pitch of um of what we think would make this an interesting tavern and then i don't know hopefully i'm hoping that we can just cram all these things together some way and i don't know to make it even harder on us i do have some random things to include a little later on just to mess us up if we get too complacent in our plans so um let's see i'll go first and then one of you guys can fight over who gets to go second after my great brilliant idea i'm sure you know you'll all be blown away but i i'm excited to hear it yeah i'm i really (laughs) want to hear it yeah I, i built myself up probably a little too much but all right so what i was thinking would be interesting is Maybe the tavern is built from an old church or an old structure, like a church with a big spire. And the core interesting idea I have with this is what if this is kind of a safe spot between two pieces of road, which may have a lot of banditry, may have a lot of highwaymen, you know, stopping and stopping uh, people traveling from one place to another. And like, that's fine. But what if the, uh, the tavern was in cahoots with the highwaymen and they would signal highwaymen on a good prize coming down or like a lightly, a lightly guarded caravan or they stayed a night in the inn and they seem to spend a lot of money. So like they'll, ring the old bell a certain way 
to judge time to let someone know, or maybe they'll put a lantern up to let watching bandits know that a good prize is heading their way. So the tavern, like the tavern's in on it. Yeah. Like I haven't gone as far to assume whether like they're just getting a cut or if the tavern itself is just kind of like the tavern itself is in, is just the bandits, you know, like it's run by the bandits or maybe it's just like a racket thing where, you know, the owner meant well at some point and is now being blackmailed or threatened into doing this for the bandits. I really like this and I'll tell you why I like it. I like it because I could see this being thrown into just about anywhere, whether it be like a group of adventurers that were sent to this tavern for the first time to meet because they're maybe they're not even there, uh, you know, because of this, maybe they're there because they want to meet somebody else or they were, they were told that uh, a contact who's supposed to pay them is going to meet them at this place. They show up there all of a sudden they're in the middle of like a, like a bandit, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Some kind of scheme that they're unaware of where it's, it's now gonna, they're now forced to deal with these bandits before they can finish and carry on with the rest of their, you know, their whatever. Yeah. It's actually perfect to like force a group to work together when they might not like otherwise work together. It's a lot better than just saying like, you're all hired uh, together. And then afterwards you're just like, Oh, we might as well keep adventuring. No, you're like forced into this plot that makes you work together. I think you could fit in with just about any, like the 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 type of uh, idea could fit in with just about any tavern setting. Yeah, and that that's why I like this bringing this one in because then if your guys' ideas are about like the tavern keeper or like the tavern itself, like we could probably still integrate it. I like the idea of it being like an old church because while I think that's interesting as a setting and there is some kind of like duality of like a tavern and a church, but also having it be like a nefarious kind of like entity, the tavern owner being in and, you know, Mark setting up marks and stuff. I think that's neat. But I was also mainly thinking for the the fact that there's a, normally a tall spire or something on a church, something that they can use to signal people like far off, yeah, at night or during the day if there's bells or something like that. I could see there being like a like a like a bookie uh, somewhere in there who just sits around and collects uh, bets and stuff all day, and there being like maybe a, a kill pool or like a um, a death pool somewhere. Uh, like on like a, a big giant blackboard, maybe in the kitchen where with just a bunch of names written on it, but it can be easily flipped around in case somebody comes through, you know, you could easily like, insert. Oh, sorry. But you could easily insert a uh, character in there to like, that'd be that little bit of tip off the characters or players that just approaches them. And his whole deal is he just wants to like get to know their name and get to know like what their skill sets are about just to make like, the betting pool uh, work in his favor. Yeah. Yeah. And I think having a character like that and then have also point their, um, their dealings is to snoop in and see who has, which travelers have the best money, which groups are 
the least likely to you know put up resistance if they get robbed you know like that kind of thing could be neat and you know assuming that you'll bring this into like a tabletop setting or even like fantasy setting you can tip off um you can tip off your um protagonist by maybe there's like a weird morse code-esque flashing in like a lantern up top or you stayed two nights and it's really weird that the first night the lantern had like a green tint to it and the second night it was like bare or they had a blue tint on the light something like that to give it a little hint that maybe something isn't quite there isn't all working together I dig it. I dig it. You went. You took a totally different direction on this. Yeah, for mine. I definitely went in a different direction as well. Well, then I think it'll be interesting to hear what you guys got, and hopefully, we can just like, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping, like deep in the back of my head, that we can just take all three of these ideas and just like cram them together to make the most interesting wilderness tavern there's ever been. I think we're going to. I th- I'm confident we are because I think what Nick and I have is probably going to be different. I- I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say we we did things that are different enough that we're going to be able to use all three. Well, I I guess I'll go next and then we can see right after that. So I kind of did mine as like an excerpt, like as you're walking into the tavern because I felt like that was the best way to convey the idea I wanted. So you walk into a tavern, smelling the aroma of gnomish incense as you walk in. You see no waiters or barmaids, only a single gnome bartender and his clockwork helpers. As you find a spot to take a seat, you are almost tripped by a small contraption heading over to tend to the fire. So basically my whole idea here is taken like it's a it's a gnome that might have left like his community and he obviously is very good at building things. So as you're in this as you're in this bar, you find like little devices and contraptions that help make his life easier. So uh, obviously like clockwork uh, clocks, you know, but, but it's, you know, still fantasy setting. So everything is not entirely like practical, but it's all, it's all just to help him out. What do you guys think? I think it'd be hilarious to have like a, um, clockwork waiters <laughs> i just imagine like uh, a bar roomba type thing where like maybe there's a little bell that chimes then everyone who's sitting at the bar who knows what's going on has to like raise their their mug or their flagon and then just like this little like robot thing just comes running across to the bar with like a towel just wiping up all the yeah. condensation and like there maybe there's a little bucket at the end and it just like has a little squeegee runs the across. first thing the the first thing i thought of was some kind of like weird rube goldberg machine or whatever where you can like put put a coin in and it automatically orders your drink for you and there's like some sort of uh mechanical thing that pours it and like slides it down the bar for you yep that's kind of what i was thinking like even the even the contraption i was thinking for what tends the fire i just imagine it as some like maybe it's like just this metal thing like on wheels and all it really is is just like a mechanical uh device that's like just an it's basically just like an arm 
that would just go over like it would just throw one log into the fire and then maybe take the poker and just knock it around a little bit and then you know like so the bartender doesn't have to go over and do it nice what if what if like building off this the bartender has all these machines he controls them by different like cords behind the bar and so like he pulls down one cord and then like yeah like a rude Goldberg machine type thing where like a hand will go and like open a uh like a big hopper that will drop like a log onto the fire yeah and there's just like this facsimile of like cogs and uh gears and stuff that make everything happen like under the floorboards or like maybe in the ceiling where they you can't quite see them but there's like cords coming down or buttons connected yeah and like but you can you can hear it ticking sometimes yeah like he needs to collect like um like old beer mugs from a table so he he pulls a cord or flips a switch and like the table will like an arm will come up from the table and like push all the things like a bowling pin into a little basket or something like that that will he can come by and pick up later or something like that yeah funny enough uh i don't know i, I like i like i think i can see already start to see how maybe these concepts can work together well uh nate described the outside of the tavern like what's going on around it so right, i really right. so with the situation we have at hand we now have uh a gnome with all of his um, clockwork mechanical helpers situated mm-hmm. within a church. And not only that, he's apparently some devious or fiendish gnome that's maybe he's having like his mechanical <laughs> workers now okay. so, signal the bandits. Okay, so this is perfect, and I'm going to tell you why. I- I'd like to read you mine, um, and I'm- we're going to take it one step further, okay? You ready? All right. So here's my concept. I wrote mine somewhat similar to Nick. And um, I just want everybody listening to realize, you know, none of us have talked about any of this um, for the past couple of days. We've just wrote these independently. So here I go. Um, This is no ordinary tavern. This menagerie of bits and baubles is seemingly quiet and normal on the outside. But inside, it's a bustle with stew pots, tankards, chatter, and a lift to the underdark. That's right. The deep gnomes running this tavern collect fresh edibles from the depths on the daily to serve to wayward patrons. Be careful because the bouncer at the door is a capable little fellow who will have you thinking your horse is your sister if you cross him. All right. All right. So like the the big key here is like it has this elevator or some down to a shaft where it's just like, yep, we, we serve mushroom soup a lot. And like deep rothe steak. Yeah, just like all these weird dark cave things. Man, what kind of meat is this? It's so tender <laughs> and musky. Yeah. So working titles I had before um, we thought about the church is uh, the Dreaming Rothe Inn or the Mycondrial Rest. All right. Do you, do you think travelers will be like, oh, yeah, like I love eating here because of the deep dark delicacies that they have on or is it like a dark secret that they're they're passing off like the (laughs) rare beef patty 
as something else and instead yeah. kind of like it's supposed to be dark meat or something like that right so it's not supposed to be a secret that there's deep gnomes running the place and that you know they're they're very proud of that um and they do specialize in other things too like in my mind it was going to be like tinctures and like different uh, mushroom type of like remedies maybe like different types of penicillin or different uh you know antibiotics and stuff like that or maybe um and then also like the whole like they have deep rothe on special um but they also they're all fucked up on mushrooms all the time so like you know people can come in there and buy all types of different like edible mushrooms and stuff and like they can you know go to bed or like i don't know there's all kinds of weird stuff going on maybe not all of it's legit maybe they're actually some kind of a front and they're like peddling wares uh like from the underdark or maybe they're like a middleman uh dealing with duragar uh down there or something like that so what it sounds like is we just kind of constructed like high-tech gnome deep gnome mafia like standpoint like this is just a little outpost for the deep gnome mafia whittle did you know that uh this clockwork gnome was going to be dealing with bandits and uh the creatures of the underdark so right. like so like the like you said like the duraguard stuff and you could even start throwing in like mind flayers there yeah there's room for everything and i like the concept of it being in a church because like the the shaft to the underdark can be in like some deep like back room in the church that used to be used for storage or something and there's a hatch that goes down to it Nobody knew there, but maybe there's like a mine nearby where like it's known that there's some kind of connection to the Underdark in the area, but this particular entrance to it is unknown, at least to most everyone except the gnomes. <laughs> all right. I I think we can combine all these ideas and make it work with some tweaking from like everyone. So let's let's break it down to its points. So we all like the idea of this being like a, like a, a signaling post for bandit bandit activity and stuff like that. Do do we like that? For sure. Yeah, I, I'm fine with that. All right. And then as far as like the exterior having it be kind of like old church, I, like in my head, I'm imagining, I don't know if you guys ever played like Age of Empires 2, but like that is the stereotypical church in my mind. Just big triangular shaped roof and then like one big bell tower on one end. Like, do we like that as the, um, the exterior of the building, right? Yeah. I like the stained glass, uh, like side of it too. And we should incorporate the stained glass if we can. You always have to have stained glass in a church. For sure. All right. Let me keep that. I do like, um, I do like having the gnome and like all these little like mechanical things. I think that's pretty neat. Um, yeah, just like across the board, anything that this guy could automate, I imagine he's automated, even if it's just like the tiniest thing, like wiping down the bar or putting a log on a fire, you know, like I think that's pretty neat. No, we so is, is it going to be just the one gnome and is it going to be a deep gnome or should there be like maybe this one gnome that does all the mechanical stuff and basically runs it 
but he's got a couple other helpers that just do other stuff, maybe helping him with maintenance or working the door. I'm open to the idea of, uh, you know, dropping the singular gnome because this guy isn't going to be able to deal with bandits and the underdark by himself, but maybe he could be like the owner instead. He like, yeah. he's the one that makes the machines cause he's got the know-how, but he's got people helping him still. Sure. Sure. I bet. Yeah. I, bet I'd, I also imagine if he like had the machines doing the cooking, like everything would just come out terrible. Like, like they would come out and they'd have like a little bit of oil on them and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think having maybe it's like him and like his partner. And if they have like a kid or something like that, like still a small, like group of people working there. And that also breeds the necessity for um, like having all these machines do work because there's not like a whole bunch of people working there. I kind of like that idea where the machines are more of a necessity than they are a um like a gimmick or something like that. Yeah, where each machine has a functional purpose. All right. Then on to like I don't care if it's a deep gnome or a gnome or like anything like that. I think having like it could be any person really. I don't think it has to be a gnome, but I just like the idea of tinker gnomes. I I used it because it kind of fit the theming. Like there was already the theming there that gnomes are known tinkers, and I believe most of the clockwork creatures in D and D and stuff are developed by gnomes, at least in a good portion. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that works. Um, then the next up is the uh, the deep area under dark area and the the shaft down there i like that i like having the um i like having that i i kind of like the idea of maybe it's not parts of it aren't publicized that like this is from you know deep dark cave like a mile underneath the tavern and there's some like mystery meat type stuff on the menu but there's also like all these fungal cures and if you know how to talk to the bartender, right, like he can get you something that will have you see be seeing dragons in like 20 <laughs> minutes, like that kind of thing. Like, I like the idea of maybe there's some like nefarious stuff going on with describing where he's getting these ingredients. Yeah. And I think that also might help with like tipping off like protagonists or adventurers to like maybe they're like it's not just a simple like mechanically inclined tavern there's maybe some shady stuff going on for sure the one the the one other thing i thought was really fun a really fun idea was um there's always this uh concept of like this big burly bouncer in the bar like a it's usually like a half orc or like a big burly dwarf or some big brute that throws people out when they start to get you know too rough for the other patrons I thought about flipping that on its head and making like this like small kind of creature, be it a gnome or a halfling or something like that, that specializes in like, uh, you know, illusion or uh, specializes in charm magic. And instead of like being burly and throwing people out, 
he like just charms the hell out of people and makes them do like crazy stupid stuff <laughs> you know i'm like or maybe like makes them walk out and like jump into a river or something like that i don't know what if he got like a um a taser from the guy who made all the creations inside it's just a little hand shocking grasp type deal where he just walks up he grabs you on the shoulder like hey buddy you got to go outside but like when he grabs you you lose like you you get tased and you're <laughs> and then he just can just yank you out like that yeah like they, like and it's it's very quick too like there's no it's like almost like a zero tolerance policy like you start messing up you're gonna get tased and thrown out like you know yeah all right and then he can kind of be like the uh little pre-warning for like um he's a bandit tough type scenario or like that was his initial work before he took an arrow to the knee or something and now he just works <laughs> far yeah all right so i think we got a pretty good like skill or pretty good frame for the setting do we want to uh trouble ourselves and see what the uh, random ideas are i was excited by the concept of a wrench you got to throw that in there yeah for sure all right let, let's see what you got this is my first time seeing them we had a third party write them up so let's see what we get here um all of the patrons but the party are revenants or ghosts that's I got two, so that's the first one. Is yeah, that that's a ghost bar. Ghost bar, okay. It 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 gets complicated, but it could still work. I mean, you could do it in a situation where um all these patrons, like we already have a nefarious plot, they could be you know people that either discovered what was going on with the underdark, or they could be people that uh they were like traveling along the road after visiting this bar and the bandits got them and they're they they could be there like either not knowing they're dead or trying to warn the party if the party stays the night they could have some like weird supernatural stuff going on of the ghost trying to reach out and give them these like warnings not to fall into the same fate as them what if there is like a uh, like a spirit portal nearby, and for some reason, um, this is a common rest pl- or like a stop for spirits on their way to the other realm? And like after a certain time of night, it turns into like all these spirits start walking the road because it's like a maybe like some kind of like ley line or path to this portal that's nearby, and like they they come in here for like one last. Uh, like one last stop or something like that before they hit up the portal and go to the other side. But it only happens after a certain time. And maybe like, I don't know. Um, oh, there was something else I was thinking too. It's an interesting concept for sure. Yeah. That's like a really neat concept. But like, I think if we include that with this bar, I feel like there's too much going on. Definitely too. It seems like you're forcing too much into it. Yeah. Yeah. I, do really like the idea that maybe instead of all the patrons and stuff are ghosts, what if we just have like we lessen it, we just call it maybe one patron who's in the bar to set the scene, like maybe it's a busy night 
and he's doing maybe the dark and brooding character in the corner, or he walks up to the uh, our main character and he's you know chatting for whatever reason he can't just tell everyone like hey you're in danger don't show your wealth too much here that kind of thing but he just he's there to hint and to try to persuade people to like be careful on the road maybe group up leave later with a bigger group of people and it's just a singular guy who is stuck or is caught. What if it's, what if it's like the the ghost of an old cleric that used to like run the church? I was Ooh. thinking about that too. Cause it was a church before. So it could yeah. be. Yeah. Like the, the old pastor or something. Yeah. I think it could also be neat where, um, the owner of the the bar and the bouncer and those type of people, they can't see them. And so if the party or the hero says, Hey, what's up with that? Uh, that guy over there. And then the bar people don't know who they're talking about. How I, I was actually wondering that if the bartender would be like avail, like aware of it, but going a step further with the whole idea of it was someone that like used to be, a part of the church maybe uh once he passed away his bones were buried beneath the church and then when the underdark either like they were building the elevator what if they disturbed his bones and that's what actually roused him from like his slumber that's a good concept too i like that yeah yeah i like that too man all right i i think that wrench went pretty well i think in the end, like it definitely took on like in another dimension, which I think was kind of needed. Yeah, it gave we, it something, some flavor, something else going on. Yeah, I felt like we're we're kind of getting a little like everything going on here is like a little dark and shady under the surface, and having like a bright light of like good meaning in there, I think really kind of like. It levels it up, you know. It's it's a good cream cheese on the bagel scenario, for sure. I am kind of anxious to see what the second wrench was, though. <sighs> she she definitely gave two because she wasn't quite sure on um on the quality of the first one. Okay, I, I think I pulled the second one out first. So our hold, hold on, hold on. How about um how about we like read it and if it's something we want to discuss like it doesn't seem like too much we'll see if we can add it in but if it immediately seems like too much we could just edit it out and then uh save it for later yeah i kind of i think we have almost like the perfect level of like stuff going on i'm i'm interested in reading it and seeing if we can include it but i am worried that it might be too much give okay. it to us. Give All right, let's, let's give it a try. Um, the bartender or owner is hiding something dangerous in the wine, or wine cellar, should say. So that's not too bad. Oh, that's... I, that's actually not too bad. I have an idea, though, that kind of plays off that. 
instead of it him like i like the idea of the owner or the bartender having a dangerous secret um so i mean what if this uh the mechanical the tinkerer uh you know gnome or deep gnome whatever he is what if uh he's actually working on a doomsday machine and he's actually keeping it secret from like the rest of the people in his life so like every time they come around his door he's like shooing them away man i don't know i think that might be a little a little too pushing it a little too far like yeah. doomsday device but having him like creating something devious might not be too bad i kind of like the idea of maybe like the wine itself the secret is it's cheap wine and beer here because it's made with distilled mushrooms from the underdark or that something like that yeah, the idea that we got actually was not that difficult because the the downstairs in the wine cellar, like that could just be where the elevator was. Oh yeah. The 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 secret uh in like the wine, kind of like you were saying, is just the like just what cheap, if it's cheap dark under dark ingredients. What if it's like some weird kind of kombucha? Like under dark mushroom kombucha that's made into like some kind of alcoholic brew. Yeah, it's like the house, the house special. Yeah, uh, it's by far the cheapest thing on the menu, and so it's what everyone drinks. We're gonna call it underbooch. I'm actually unaware of what the process of refining kombucha is. Me too. And honestly, here, here, you guys talk. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it up. Yeah. Well, my understanding of it is, it's like that you have a, like a mother spore. And you suspend it in some type of vinegar or like liquid and it starts fermenting and growing and it flavors the rest of the liquid, like usually some kind of fruity flavor. Um, but it, the, the spore, the mushroom itself is what adds the carbonation. There's some kind of process. Oh, so it's almost like pickling fruit is what kombucha is. It's sort of. Yeah. It's like uh it's a fermenting process uh, done with mushrooms instead of grapes. All right. Well, we totally just got off track, but that's all right because I just learned something. I don't know. Like when I when we heard about like them making wine or like him making some strange wine or something like that, I'm like, well, what if it's kombucha because he's got all these mushrooms from the underdark and he could make them into weird flavored, like fermented substances. Yeah, and people might just think this is new and interesting, so therefore I must try it, and it's probably good. Yeah, yeah. All right, I like this. I like this a lot. I like this whole this whole little tavern thing. I do feel like if we're all happy, kind of with where it is, like I feel like there's two important things we need to um to do. I feel like we need to give the main bartender or owner a name, and I feel like uh yeah, we need to settle on like a name for the tavern itself. Agreed. Um, I think. I'm interested in hearing what Nick's name for the for the gnome is. Or uh, do do do? We, I mean, we're agreed. We want him to be a gnome. Sh- should he be a deep gnome tinker, or should he be like a regular gnome tinker? I like the idea of him being a deep gnome, just because it fits the theming. As far as a name, I didn't think of anything. Um, off the top of my head, I would just say something like, I don't know, his name's Trover. And that's just kind of what I would pencil in on my notepad. <laughs> All right, Trover it is. I'm happy with that. Trover's fine. 
Yeah, it feels kind of pointless to argue about a name when it's, you know, it works. Um, Alright, and the next is kind of the tavern name. I Do we want to make it, like, a publicly known fact that this tavern deals with underdark materials? Like, we kind of talked around that, but do we want to include that in the name somewhere? No, I think I think this tavern should be they should be serving it and then they should be like, yes, this is this is beef. And then you look at it and you're just like, this doesn't look like normal cow. <laughs> this is really stringy. I like that idea. I like the idea of like they have all these different cures and uh, all these different things for sale. They all kind of have a hint that they might come from the underdark. And unless somebody has a ton of knowledge of the underdark, they're probably not going to know that. Um and they get away with it, you know. All right, yeah. I think the name, the name of the tavern, should incorporate the church somehow. Yeah, maybe, maybe like the tinkery mechanical aspect of it too would be good. Sure. I'm assuming that had, portion would take a lot of time to integrate. Well, I think it like if you had the church aspect of it, and it had some sort of like uh, maybe a subtle not so obvious but clever nod to the underdark that'd be fun as well oh if you could get like a secret like message in there i think that right i think that'd be difficult it's got to be it's got to be something like um it's got to only have like two of the parts in it otherwise it gets too complicated i'm thinking i'm thinking like the uh the mechanical steeple or something mechanical referring to the robots or machines and the steeple uh referring to the fact that it's underneath the church's steeple what if it's called the like the devout cog or the devout gear like i don't know or something that's like uh something that incorporates religion but also some type of i i I shudder to say steampunk but some type of like yeah like some type of mechanical or steampunky aspect to it devout workshop the 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 um the piston and the uh shit i had Ooh. it i had it. it's what like about- the piston what what's the um the thing that like preachers preach from the pulpit pulpit yeah the piston and pulpit or something like that yeah i was going to say the 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 pilgrim's piston all right yeah i i think we're on to something here um I'm personally, I personally think piston and pulpit almost rings. I like the alliteration there. Yeah, the <laughs> I was gonna say like the piss and the pulpit, but I think that's not quite there. Not quite there. All right, maybe we're being a little too, um, you know, maybe we're being a little too ambitious with trying to come up with a clever name for this because I can hear us all deep in thought thinking over a name i think i think i'm i was fine with piston and pulpit to be honest like i think that's fine it's got alliteration it doesn't even have to have alliteration but it, it works and i think it uh it's it, it really uh it's benign enough that it doesn't really tell too much about the place it's something that's i don't know i like it piston and pulpit ran by trover it is all right yeah i'm happy with that so how do you guys think it went? Went pretty well. We got two wrenches in and we managed to fit all of our ideas. 
And I tried to keep an idea that was not like too infringing because I didn't know if we were going to be combining them or if we we're going to settle on one and work on it. But combining them, I've learned that it kind of can be it can become like too much, and then you have to start dialing back on ideas. But I like where it ended up. It had as a lot going on, and like at at base level, it doesn't have to be too complicated. But depending on how like willing people are it to are to dig when they're in here it can start becoming like this treasure trove of right weird oddities but it's a tavern like the tavern is supposed to be the launching point usually where it it splits and goes in maybe three four five different directions you know what i mean it gives you in the the perfect thing about it being somewhat complicated is that it gives anybody who wants to use this in their campaign, their story, whatever it is, enough options to be able to take it in any direction, you know? For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm really happy how it turned out. I think it is unique enough, especially with all these ideas kind of uh, conjoining and clashing in some ways. I think all great creative ideas involve much different ideas being intertwined in a way that works a a good confluence of um maybe two opposing ideas is like really where creativity sparks yeah for sure i think the i think the the wrench the the ghost the cleric that used to you know the pastor used to run the church i think that gave it a much needed um flavor like it, it tied the church in with what's happening the idea nick had about the the gnomes possibly having disturbed the the soil where the his remains were when they um, built the shaft to the underdark that actually you know it gives it gives a lot to it ties it all together the bandits on the road and stuff like I, you can start to see how all those different things can really add and m- make it more more fun yeah all right well i think that's um that's an episode in the books guys um till next time bye Bye. thank you for listening to world brew workshop we've already recorded a handful of future episodes with some slight changes in formatting for example in the next episode we take a crack at making a festival celebration but unlike this episode we had no prior knowledge of the prompt before going into the recording We are looking to upload at least bi-monthly with some extra episodes thrown in here or there. Keep up to date with us at our socials. You can find those in the description of this episode or contact us via email at worldbrewworkshop at gmail.com. On behalf of the Knicks and myself, thank you for listening and hope to see you again in the next one.